Slum, slum, gullion. Slum, gullion. We've got season two of the slum gullion. Jeff and Scott still host the slum gullion. I still don't know what that word means. And welcome to the slum gullion. I'm Scott. Sadly, Jeff won't be with us for this one because about 10 days ago, He got an invitation to a screening of Lego Batman, which he was very excited about. Uh, Then he got there and found out it was uh, Fifty Shades Darker. Uh, No! Um, What? He hasn't hasn't been heard from since. Oh, God. No. So hopefully, I don't know, we'll find him somewhere face down in his pool of his own vomit in a... uh, I I think that could kind of work with Lego Batman. Fifty Shades Darker of Lego Batman. (laughs) They're going to need some new snap-on parts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You're, you've got a subgenre going now. Exactly. Ooh, fan fiction, watch out. Or, hey, there, oh, there's sub, some subcontractor somewhere will make those parts for Lego. 50 pieces deeper. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, on a happier note, and as you can probably tell from the voices in the background, uh we do have our uh, unknow, our uh, new movie crew for this one because we are taking on a new release, The Great Wall, currently at your neighborhood theater. Uh, so we are joined this time out by uh, celebrated geek girl, Mary Clevenger. Hello. Hey. I celebrate you. I celebrate you. It's that time Thanks. of year. Singer, actress, voice artist, and celebrant, Blanche Ramirez. We will all dance to the music. Exactly. <laughs> Actor, director, and narrator of many books, including Better Living Through Bad Movies, John Zura. Welcome. Hello. Yay. Hello, Mr. Zura. Hello. It is I. You know, I think you can turn your mic down slightly. That was a little creepy. (laughs) Antonio Banderas. (laughs) No. No, you have to be Pedro Pascal. That's that's in theme with what we're doing. That's true. That's right. Although he was, he was not, and Antonio Banderas, I think, is a sexier choice. But whatever, whatever. Uh, no. Oh, okay. I, all right. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to get into that discussion. Um, <laughs> speaking of, however obliquely, uh, the movie we're going to be talking about today, uh, I did notice just in a cursory glance around the interwebs uh, that it is receiving what one might call mixed reviews. Uh, mm-hmm. In advance of this, I have not read any reviews because I didn't want to be uh, unduly swayed by other opinions, but um, I'd maybe think about movies that I liked that were generally thought to be crap, and the many, many films vice versa, since I can be something of a hater. So I thought let's open this up on kind of a more positive note, um, and I wanted to ask everybody to nominate, if you would, uh, two science fiction or fantasy films, and you can stretch those definitions however you like, that you consider um, underrated, that you think is better than its reputation, or that is uh, simply simply deserves to be better known. Um, and if possible, let's do an older movie and something more recent. So let's start with John. 
Yeah, I, I I was thinking about that, and um, of course, my the first thing that came to my mind was Forbidden Planet. Then I realized that's not underrated at no, all. Not at all. And then, <laughs> and then it then it immediately came to me, Robinson Crusoe on Mars. God, you picked the one I picked. Jesus, oh. <laughs> I thought about that one too. Oh man. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I didn't think of that one. Oh. Without collusion. Jeez, I, was, I mean, I mean, me too, me too. Sorry, I was, I was, that was, I was gonna say, I, I picked that one because I knew nobody. Like you were probably the only other one on the panel who's seen it. All right, go ahead, tell and, us why. And and <laughs> my, as a youngster at the time this came out, the the immediate thing that that is memorable for me from that film is that they used the ships and the sounds from War of the Worlds. Yes, the nineteen fifty nine War of the Worlds, where this whether they would shoot. <laughs> they would do that sound. I love that sound. Yes, and, and the same models, and you will probably and the same models. You will be exactly yes. You will not be surprised then to learn that uh, Byron Haskin, who directed Robinson Crusoe on Mars um, in 1964, also directed in 1953 the George Pal War of the Worlds. There you go. The same director, so that ah, perhaps accounts very... for that. Um, yes, for those who don't know. Robinson Crusoe on Mars is pretty much exactly that. It's a it's a sci-fi adaptation of the Daniel Defoe novel, uh, starring Paul Manti, who isn't really known for much besides this, but he was on a ton of TV. Yeah, he was one of those beefcakes at the of the era. Yeah, and uh, also Adam West in a supporting role two years before uh, uh, Batman. Wow. Yeah. Being serious, being very serious, <laughs> and being you know being quite decent. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Byron, in addition, uh, it's really it's a well-directed film. Um, Byron Haskin, in addition to uh, War of the Worlds, which I think is enough for anybody's resume, also directed two of the best Outer Limits episodes: Architects of Fear and Demon with a Glass Hand. Both, both starring Robert Cole, actually. Now, but we. We must not forget Mona, played by the Woolly Monkey. Yes, and uh, <laughs> uh, Paul Manti. Uh, uh, Paul Manti is a um, a, a Simeon sidekick throughout the film, uh, who actually, when I uh, was reading up on trivia, uh, turns out that uh, Mona was actually played by a a uh, male, and so had to wear a fur diaper to hide his uh, primate peen. His junk. <laughs> mm -hmm. So now the next time I see that movie I will probably not be able to unsee that Exactly But uh, Robinson Crusoe Mars I th Yes, I agree it, You know what, it's funny because you mentioned Forbidden Planet Robinson Crusoe Mars is kind of a lower budget version of that same It, it It's a lower budget What it, it, It's a faithful retelling of Robinson Crusoe And in, in sort of a More so than Forbidden Planet was with The Tempest uh, mm -hmm. Forbidden Planet had more of a budget, so they were able to get more fanciful with it. But it's similar, similar in that respect that they're both, both inspired by uh, classic literary works. Classic. There you go. Uh, good choice. Thanks for taking that. Um, <laughs> I have a habit of doing that, huh? You do. You do. <laughs> get out of my head. Okay. Uh, what's your other choice? Oh, uh, the Fifth Element. Oh. Oh. Okay. We said yeah. A very right. French movie. Very French. Yes, very French. Very French, very, but very. still still a great story. And to this day, there there aren't there are several times during the year that Blanche and I will look at each other and say multipass. 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 I remember you saying that you were holding up the ticket. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you were doing that. 
Multipass. Uh, so is that uh, so? Why do you think that that's that's better than its reputation? Well, I, th- I think just it's it got knocked because it was so uh, so bizarre and it's very French because the the costumes were very French and the and the images the imagery was was just very bizarre and French, but and it it seemed to mask the fact that it was a decent tale, you mm-hmm. know, and that uh, that it was a. Uh, an action picture as well as a uh, sci-fi picture, and uh, and that kind of got lost in the fact that everyone's going. No, this is a little too weird for me. This I opera singer Chris is just Tucker. too weird. Yeah. So ah, well, there you go. You know, you know what it, the visuals reminded me of. Um, uh, it reminded me of uh, European sci-fi comic books of the sixties, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know if it's. Um, I don't know if actually if if the fifth element was was an original uh, script by uh, Luke Besson or if it was a uh, if it was an adaptation or something. I never like like Barbarella, you know that, yeah, that like, same kind of exactly, genre. Exactly, and uh, and now he is actually his next movie is an adaptation of a uh, of a French comic book or maybe it's Belgian some Euro some Euro sci-fi comic book. Um, I think the movie's called Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets or something like that. Uh, but it's based on um, uh, the the comic book is a different title. But apparently that's well thought of. And and what I've seen about that, when I saw the trailer, it reminded me of The Fifth Element. So I'm kind of... Kind yes, of, I, I think we've seen the trailer for that too. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's it's called Take That, Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a very different approach. That's true. Yeah. That's absolutely true. Okay, uh, Blanche. Yeah, what? <laughs> She's been busy. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, I, uh, uh, I, I have a jumble of thoughts. I, I actually tried to. I, I asked the person with whom I was working today. Like, what? You got any ideas? I, I, I really hadn't had time to talk to talk about it. He really wanted me to bring up Howard the Duck, but I couldn't oh, see God. where. Why, why he do was people keep saying from. that? I know, <laughs> like, but. But why? I was like, but why, Howard the Duck? I, I have to sell that, you realize. What? Why <laughs> a I, duck? I think you believe it's but why. why? A duck? <laughs> and I, yeah. so I said, mm, I, don't, I don't think I'm going to go with that. No, uh, no, because we actually, uh, Jeff and I actually devoted pretty much an entire show to how much we <laughs> hate <laughs> Howard the Duck. Well, I yeah I I uh, your points are valid. Uh, okay. It needs to be B rated. <laughs> and so B-rated. it was. B-rated. Oh, okay, I'll take a second. Yeah, you get, I get it. it. Get I, it. Get it. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> um, and then I ha- but see here's a, also the thing we were also struggling because we we're about the same age to figure out wait well but were they poorly you know under were they underrated were they poorly received because we at first thought. Oh, you know, the last Starfighter was fun. That was a great movie, and it's yeah. this ultimate under underdog movie. But I said, mm-hmm. but was it? A, I don't think it was a underrated at the time. Uh, and... I seem to remember it, it being pretty, it be getting fairly decent notices. Um, yeah. I loved it. I mean, I saw it when it first came out. Mm-hmm. I loved that movie. Um, but it apparently didn't do well enough to get a sequel. Although it's one of those things that has a qu- <laughs> that people continue to be affectionate about. To this yeah, day, I'm... so there's mm-hmm. 
And sequels weren't the thing that they are today. I mean, if it, no. that had been moved, been made today, there would have been a sequel. Ten so later, yeah. I, and then I we tossed around maybe the original Star Trek because there eventually was a second Star Trek. So it was good enough to create Wrath of Khan. And that's got to be worth something. And I actually didn't hate the V'ger theory on, on the whole, that, that it was V'ger, that, you know, the Voyager, mm-hmm. that went out there and, and created all this Michigas again later on, that we created this. Like, oh, look at what we did. Um, so but it was just was... an extension of an already existing Star Trek episode for Nomad. Well, it, but then yeah, so, so, so was the sec- so was so Wrath of Khan. Yeah, it's you true. Know. Well, no, that was a continuation. <laughs> oh, okay. We're talking. We're semantics now. Well, <laughs> right. no. I mean, it's it's true. It's true. They uh, well, no. It's also a continuation because it went out there and then it it uh, came it back. Came back? You know, yeah, I think I think the problem I, with the motion picture. Maybe you guys disagree, but it uh-huh. was directed by Robert Wise, who is a great director. But if you look at say um, the day the Earth stood still, it has a very stately uh, pace, which is in keeping with with the the themes of the movie, but. Uh, Star Trek's a little more pulp, and the stateliness just made it seem very dull, kind of glacial. Adult, yeah. And then there was Persis Gambada. Melodramatic. Oh, Persis Gambada. Ah! She was completely bald. Uh, God was, bless her. That was the only thing people remember about her. Doesn't love mm-hmm. a bald woman. Oh, um, maybe that's just me. Um. I think you mean a bald something else. <laughs> no, I don't. Okay. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> she oh got wait, a, maybe that's TMI. <laughs> she got she, she got a scalp Brazilian. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided to go with mm-hmm. the Doctor Who movie. Which one? Number oh, eight. Fun again. Oh, number eight. Oh, wow! I the eighth that Doctor. Existed. That's right. That's right. Because it really is awful. <laughs> okay. It really is, but it is also so much fun. And McGann's performance is also, like, what that man had to work with to create yeah. a, such a memorable doctor. And he's carried on that character so much so that he's been re-canonized <laughs> in the new Doctor Who-verse. And he's still the eighth doctor. He has been in the, you know, the, the, uh, the 50th mm-hmm. anniversary. He became the John Hurt. Rest yeah. in peace. The war doctor. Uh, doctor, the war doctor. And so, I mean, he, he, you know, that character was enduring. There was something really good. And I can, I mean, you could see for the time, I mean, it was an American version of the doctor that you could, to- when you see that movie, you can see the American corporate boardroom of everybody's got to have their thumb in the pie. Um, machinations going by oh but you got to do this and oh but you got to do that and you got to do this mm-hmm. and uh, uh but they tried the whoever it was that knew about the actual doctor who series tried so hard to give him a few of the doctor who isms right you know with the jelly babies and the this and that and you can see those and you can applaud those and go oh yeah there's that no oh, yeah there's that you know so they tried someone tried um, hey it's it's no worse than those two peter cushing movies well, the master as a snake. I don't know. All right. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. <laughs> well, Gee, I wonder what so, movie did, in the recent did, times has done that. 
<laughs> but he did kiss the girl, and doctors subsequently have kissed the girl. And so, so he did tre- set a trend. So he was a pathfinder or, 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 or a lip finder. Yes. <laughs> he was a mouth finder. <laughs> okay. Very. All right. I'll, we, the, the judges will accept that. Uh, Mary? Um, well, my sci-fi underrated is The Abyss. Okay. I know a lot of people don't like The Abyss for a lot of reasons. And the son of, and the son of Abyss. <laughs> but I thought, well, and, the, and they're good I reasons. I thought it was critically I mean, acclaimed, though. Do I, am I no. remembering that wrong? Uh, well, uh, I, I, there was, there was a, it was a, it was, the problem with that movie. Controversial. The, it was controversial because, uh, so many people just hated James Cameron and, he apparently, I guess, certain people's lives were imperiled, and it was one of those shoots where even people who had been his friends, like Michael Bean, like sort of turned against him because um, he really would I just. Know, I didn't know any of this. Yes, it was, it was a whole, but but all this behind the scenes stuff. Um, say, same thing with Titanic. There was all this behind the scenes stuff that that was that was predicting it was going to be a disaster, and then the movie came out, and everyone forgot about it. But the abyss, there yeah, was, was a, there was a lot of behind the scenes controversy, and also uh, there. Nobody was entirely happy with the cut. If you remember, uh, you never see the aliens. Well, you do. There was there was mm-hmm. a well, there was a there was a director's cut that was released, and I think into theaters. If I'm not mistaken, Mary and I went to see it. That had more information, um, and made more sense. And I thought, okay, now I now I like this movie. The first I had reservations about the first one. Okay, so this is why I was not. I'm not so good at this kind of a thing because when I was a kid. I wasn't allowed to go see movies, so I saw the alien. Like I guess I saw the director's cut. I saw a lot of these movies like after the fact, and I haven't seen a lot of the older movies. Yeah, I enjoyed and the so... first. I, I liked it. I thought Me it had. A, uh, it was very tense. Um, it had a lot of just very atmospheric moments. Uh, I don't want to think about the whole. Damn you, live, live. Oh yeah, that was kind of. I just tossed that out. Um, <laughs> I love the um, the effects, the underwater effects. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it was. I thought it was good. Okay. I thought, and I thought Michael Bean was scary and awesome. Cute. So yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Okay. So I, the aliens are beautiful. Or creatures, whatever they were. They are. They, yeah, they're 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 um, and they're different. And I, and I did like the fact that they didn't they didn't overexplain it. Well, they came from space as spores, and they grew in the ocean. It wasn't any of that. I, that that always kind of wrong. <gasps> that so ties in, maybe. Could be. What? <laughs> Could be. Uh, did <laughs> Did you have another one, Mary? Or was that it? Um. Well, a fantasy I think is underrated. Mm-hmm. And I only uh, discovered it like a couple of months ago. Um, the 1949 version of The Secret Garden. Oh, the one with uh, Herbert Marshall? And uh, Margaret O'Sullivan. And um, oh, uh, Dean Stockwell. Oh, right. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's a fantasy because of the... Well, it's not a fantasy. It's kind of more like a, a YA gothic novel. Mm-hmm. Only the... The heroine is not running around in her nightgown. Such, but Good, because she's underage. It would be weird. Yeah, exactly. But it's got screaming voices. It has, you know, a mysterious place. Um, but what I really was struck by 
and I think it had to do a lot with um, the Wizard of Oz was when um, we finally got a look at the secret garden the kids had discovered it and that it went right into Technicolor at that point it was just so beautiful so okay it was actually kind of the end of Margaret O'Brien's childhood actress career and that's worth celebrating right there because she was not good okay Uh, (laughs) uh, I liked it no, no, I actually, yeah, now that you, I don't know if that's underrated. I think that's maybe forgotten. And that's, that's, there's because there have been so many uh, versions of it since, including, I think, uh, musical on Broadway. So that's worth, that's worth thinking about. Okay, very good. Uh, well, so, um, yes. Just random. Sure. I saw Audrey McDonald in the Secret Garden when she was in the touring company. Oh, really? Well, that like, I been. just saw, yeah, I just, I didn't know who she, she was nobody. I, I just because my my mom said here here look at through this box and throw out your crap and uh, and it was the secret garden I'd seen it down near where I used where I grew up and lo and behold there she was and I said were you in I had to look it up was she in the secret garden was it the same Audrey McDonald or some other actress and she was in the secret garden what she play oh my gosh I don't know oh, oh my god some company some company member some somebody I don't know I didn't I don't know. Oh, she wasn't even a lead. She wasn't a lead role, huh? Wow. The no, ha- no, 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 no. She was the touring company. Is, oh. is a child, <laughs> isn't it? I, it's been so long. Okay. All right. Well, uh, since John took my old one, um, <laughs> I was originally uh, for the more recent movie. I was originally going to say uh, Edge of Tomorrow from 2014, because um, even though it stars Tom Cruise, and that makes me sigh, it's brilliantly written. It's a, it's a series of one step forward, two steps back, time loops that nonetheless managed to advance the story and develop the characters. Uh, don't know how they did it, but I've already made the case for this movie on the show. So instead, I'm going to go with another recent time travel movie from t- 2011, Source Code, with Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, mm. oh, OK, OK. Yeah. Did anyone else see it? Go ahead. Yes. Yeah. Uh, This was Duncan Jones' follow-up to Moon. Um, And I have to say, based on the trailers, the premise seemed a little strained, and I probably wouldn't have gone to see it. Uh, But uh, my friend Laura was working on a TV show on the Paramount lot, and they have a beautiful theater there where they screen movies free for employees, and she invited me to join her, so it was kind of potluck. Um, for those who don't know it, uh, just a brief back, it stars Jake Gyllenhaal as a U.S. Army captain who's been tasked to go back in time thanks to a device made by Jeffrey Wright playing yet another one of his grumpy scientist characters and try to prevent a dirty bomb from exploding on a train as it, as it passes through Chicago. And the twist is that he can only jump uh, back eight minutes before the detonation. So, again, it's a series of time loops and jazz-like variations on a theme. Um, I won't say any more, uh, because even though I really think twists in movies themselves are overrated, and I, I just generally tend not to care about, about them, uh, there's one in this film that's heartbreaking. So I don't want to spoil it for you, because I had my heart broken. You watch it. You get yours broken. Um, as far as the old one, you could take... It came from beneath the sea. I could. I could take that. <laughs> there wouldn't be a lot of competition. Um, 
Uh, came from beneath the sea. I always think of the, as, of the movie with the uh, sextopus. Because uh, mm-hmm. the, the famous story about that is um, uh, Ray Harryhausen wasn't given a decent budget at all. He says, I can't, I can't animate an octopus. It has eight arms. I can't animate eight arms with what you're giving me. So I said, all right, we'll make it six. No one's going to notice. <laughs> and nobody yes, did. but where, where else would you see a movie with a uh, – it was a squid or it was an octopus, right? Mm-hmm. An octopus climbing up the Golden Gate Bridge. That's – hey, that that is worth the whole movie. It's, exactly. Uh, I got all excited about that movie when I first – when it first came on TV, because Kenneth Toby's in it, and I just love him in yes. Howard Hawks. Whirlybirds. Whirlybirds, yeah, but I love him in The Thing. I just love mm-hmm. that character. And I thought, oh, it's going to be. And of course, it's not, because it didn't have the snappy, overlapping dialogue. It didn't have that Howard Hawksian, you know, uh, professional men under pressure kind of thing. It was just, they were more like standard, uh, you know, monster movie characters. So that was mm-hmm. a disappointment. But it's a fun movie, and, and the, the uh, yeah, the climax with the, the, uh, Sextopus bringing down the uh, the uh, Golden Gate Bridge is pretty cool. It's right up there with the uh, um, uh, the spaceship crashing into the Washington Monument in uh, yes, Earth versus right. the Flying Saucers. Okay, well, um, thank you for that. Very good choices. Uh, let's talk about a few other things that are going on. Mary, uh, what did you have some thoughts? I think you said. You Yes, the Toy Fair in New York. Very excited about that. They, uh, this year is the 40th anniversary of the release of the first Star Wars movie. And Hasbro, in honor of that, um, has redone, basically, their original action figures that they did. And they're... Mm-hmm. They, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? Redone? Yeah. You just reissued, yeah. or uh, they're they're more um, posable. Oh, so they're the, the same kind of the same models, but they're articulated rather than just. They're you, thank you. They're articulated. Yes. Oh, cool. So it's not um, like a recast of the old molds. Just just no. They're they're, they're much more articulated. There's no stiff arms. There's elbow joints and. There's joints. Yeah, I had you, fun with those stiff arms. I oh did too. Gosh. I did too. But all you could really do with them was have them signal for a <laughs> successful field goal. Exactly. <laughs> it was very couldn't or, fight. Or coming for a landing. Yeah. yeah exactly. you know, was that, but the yeah, really you know. <laughs> the really cool thing is that um, there is a special version of the Darth Vader for forty dollars, which includes a recreation of the infamous. Kenner Early Bird Certificate set that came out in 1977 for Christmas because people were going yeah, people were going we gotta have the toys and they were like well, we'll just, here, here's the backdrop of the toys we'll have out next year oh, that's right, they just gave you like a little banner or something, a little certificate and you could buy, you could explain this explain this to those of us who were infants at that time alrighty, let me explain so, um, nobody thought Star Wars was going to be a big hit. Uh-huh. They were astounded by the by the popularity of it. So, when Christmas came around, um, obviously there were no action figures ready because nobody thought it would be that big. So, they had an early bird certificate that allowed the purchaser to purchase 
uh, one action figure of their choice for um, when it came out in 1978. So basically it was like a placeholder. Well, anybody could buy it. What, good, what the hell good is that? This will entitle you to but, buy something. Well, it's not like dynamite. You don't need a license. But the certificate itself was kind of something interesting or like a, like, was it like a keepsake? Well, it was thing? a, it was a backdrop and you could display your figures that you got. Oh, okay. Cool. So they're, they're reissuing this, huh? Well, yeah. Because <laughs> okay. uh, I, I have a feeling, I have a feeling that's kind of a sore memory for a lot of older geeks who would, <laughs> who would be interested in this. I remember that it Christmas. Be, that was the worst Christmas ever. Okay. But the new the new uh, figures look really, really good. Oh, you seen them? Yeah. They have pictures on io9. Mm-hmm. And also, I want to say the action figures for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. One of them is uh, Ego. The Living Planet. The Living Planet, who is Kurt Russell, who looks more like Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Well, action figure, action figure sculpting. It's is an not, action figure. It's not an exact science. Okay. Uh, what? It has acne scars? No, it just <laughs> looks like Bill Murray in Groundhog Day. So if you want with it to look, if you want it to look completely like Bill Murray, you just attack it with a pin. <laughs> okay. So uh, anything else? Oh. Mattel is coming out with uh, Wonder Woman figures that apparently look awesome. Oh, yeah? And they do. She still has the high heels, but they hide it. I wonder if she's going to have them in the movie. Huh? I just, I'm wondering if she's going to have high heels in the movie. I just have a... I just, no, I don't think she is. Think, no, it's just they're, they're using... How do they hide She's more articulated than Barbies. There's joints and such, and I just think Mattel went We'll just use the Barbie foot. No. Barbie foot. Right. The 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 misshape. The Barbie foot is to dolls as Chinese foot binding was to peasants exactly. of the early twentieth century. I am century. so worried about a more articulated Wonder Woman. <laughs> but oh, there's no, going to be actually pretty good. There's going to be some so bouncy worried. bouncy action going on in many an adolescent boy. I mean, uh, I box. know we've all done with Barbies. Got, yeah. Well, I tried to feather my Barbie's hair. <laughs> How'd that go? Not too well. <laughs> Not too well, because it's rooted. Did okay. you try to feather it like a chola? Like a chola. <laughs> no, you're from not San... like a chola. No, I know like where you're awesome. from. <laughs> not like chola. No. I want a Barbie to fit in, because she's so white. It's hard to fit you in. You need a loca. Occasionally, no. there's a la huera. She's white, and she's got no butt. True. That's true. That's very, That's very true. Okay, uh, so getting away from the toys, anything else? No, the toys are the toys are it. The toys are off. Toy, yeah, toys are huge business. I mean, that's what it's. It's funny because you said no one thought uh, Star Wars was going to be a hit. Certainly, even the people who were hoping it was, like 20th Century Fox, couldn't imagine the scale of it. So they let they let George Lucas keep the merchandising. That's why the guys filthy mm-hmm. rich. Of filthy rich, yeah, because it was all. It was all the toys. It wasn't. It wasn't box office receipts as much as much money as they made on that. Um, okay. Anything you guys have uh, seen lately or looking forward to? Well, Blanche and I finally got to watch Luke Cage. Oh yes! Oh, Tell us finally. And, and it and it's really intense. Yeah. Really, really intense. 
I love how they do this. This they they tell this very modern story, but in and it's all in this black exploitation style. Yeah. Of, storytelling and it is wonderful it's it's yeah that's all i have to say go yeah, ahead john <laughs> it, has, it has this yeah it feels like you're watching shaft but it's set in the modern day mm-hmm. yep and the guy who's True. in uh who's probably who may win an oscar for is it moonlight uh yeah yes yes is the bad yes, guy moonlight. yeah mm-hmm. yes oh and and as a curly-haired fro girl I just love how you know one of the things I love about the uh, the How to Get Away with Murder type of shows with uh, Ron, Ron, Shonda Rhimes, mm-hmm. uh, you know how the the black girls have black girl hair and not like you know straight hair and stuff. Right. Like the, this one too. Like for look for frizzy haired girls, I love when frizzy haired girls represent. And so <laughs> in Luke Cage. All the like, pretty much all, not almost, not all, but almost all the black chicks, they got their natural hair, and so it's all about Harlem. So you know, yes, natural hair, yes, I love it. All right, that's all. Sorry, that's totally side note, not cool at all. Anyway, (laughs) and I will say, having seen Moonlight, that I enjoyed him much more in Luke Cage, basically because he had a lot more to do, because he didn't have a lot to do in Moonlight. No. Oh, he's uh, he was he was a piece of the film, but you know, um, I just I just the character that he created for uh, Luke Cage is just really fascinating. Yes, it was very hypnotic. If you guys if you haven't seen it, definitely see it, especially now with um, uh, the Defenders coming up and Iron Fist. Yes, uh, it definitely sets it up. It seems. I mean, I don't know, but it seems like it's setting that up at the end. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they're definitely they're definitely going from flowing from one to another. It's um, as very the the uh, the the T. I don't want to say TV verse because it's on Netflix. But I guess it's TV uh, is doing that every bit as much as the Marvel movies are. Um, yep. But did you guys feel that uh, they were because before the the, the Marvel verse had kind of been very. They had very been wide in their scope that everything was going to be all inclusive, but now, not just Agents of Shield that has pulled away, and they're like, okay, we're not going to try and coordinate it as much. That like that even the Luke Cage and all of these other ones are not necessarily. I mean, they'll try to to hem to what happens in the movie verse, but not be that close. I mean, did you get well? The they sense? just they just really just make mention of events that have happened in the films so that we know that that's the same verse we're in, you know? Yeah, exactly. I, uh, also, cause just talking about stuff is cheaper than showing it. Exactly. And I, I think, I think that's a good point, Blanche. I, I think the, the coordination between the, the TV and the movie verse isn't that close. It is like John says, it's mostly just asides and, and uh, references. But on the other hand, I think within, within the, the movies, the coordination is very good, and within the TV shows, the coordination is pretty good, and and I think that's more important than this sort of cross media um, cooperation. Uh, I mean, the 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 DC TV universe is completely separate from the DC movie universe. Thank goodness. Yeah, no, um, I think that's worked out quite well for them. Because because the 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 suck from the movies has not splashed over onto TV. Right. <laughs> Thank God. 
Yeah, we're watching. Uh, we're watching. The, <laughs> we were watching the end of um, uh, Batman versus Superman. It was on cable. Uh, was it last night? And so Why? Just, like, oh, okay, just because I oh, wanted to shout, yes. here comes the floaty dirt. <laughs> you don't. You don't get a chance to say that very often. So. <laughs> and on that note, we'll be right back. Okay. Very good. I'm sorry. Am, am I being too tangential? No, no. Sometimes no, no, I start talking no, no. and I go, "Oh, what was? Why?" Well, you if you lose your point, shut up. Fine. Don't worry about it. No, it's fine. Well, it's you, at fine. least you didn't mention a uh, terrorist attack on Sweden last night. So yes, thank you. No, oh gosh. Thank you you know, yeah. That, that that's my biggest fear that Trumpisms would in, in, impede upon my own uh, rambling style. Uh, I don't want to be influenced by his rambling style, no, and you know, no, so I you're... try not to watch his rambles so much. <laughs> No, Neither. no, you're 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 true to your own incoherence. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That means so much to me. I I want to be, you know, authentic. I'm I'm not just saying that. Okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. It's the unknown movie. Unknown movie. Unknown movie. challenge. It's the unknown movie. Unknown movie. Unknown movie. challenge. It's the unknown movie. Unknown movie. Unknown movie challenge. That's, That's right. right. It's, it's the, the unknown, unknown movie, movie challenge. challenge. It's the unknown what movie. What we gonna watch? Unknown movie challenge. It's the unknown movie. What we gonna watch? Unknown movie challenge. That's right. It's, it's the, the unknown movie challenge. challenge. Ready for battle. And welcome back to the unknown movie challenge. Uh, this time we are going to be talking about the 2017 movie The Great Wall, directed by Zhang. Oh, Yu. I thought it was the Pink Floyd's The Wall. Oh, sorry, sorry. Hope you didn't smoke um, that whole bowl because I did the whole bowl. Oh man. Oh my god! A little bit flying right and now. Drank the bong water. Uh, <laughs> Zhang Yimou, uh, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, is also uh, directed "Raise the Red Lantern," uh, "Hero," uh, "House of Flying Daggers," and hmm. "Red Sorghum," which I didn't see, but sounds like a a uh, 3M documentary about. Uh, mechanized farming techniques in the Midwest <laughs> in the 1950s. Sounds like some filler ingredient, but yeah, sure. So, uh, this movie is... <laughs> or a lesser-known Rocky film. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, John. <laughs> Me too. So, this movie, this movie uh, had some crazy trailers that made people going... What the hell? Why is Matt Damon in China? China? And after you see it, you'll know because he got paid a lot. Um, and Scott, I, I got to say that one of your uh, posters on Facebook was very prescient in the description of, of Jason Bourne going back in time to the Wall of China. <laughs> no, Because basically that's what the movie was. Pretty much. Kinda. No, but except he knew who he was. Right, exactly. He knew who he was. It's the Bourne Masonry. <laughs> <laughs> the Bourne Masonry. So the the movie opens with we start with some superimposed statistics about the Great Wall, which 
um, are themselves actually as incredible as anything the special effects department cooks up in their yes. computers. <laughs> Did you actually look them up? Because, yeah, they're not exactly um, <clears throat> true. Yeah. Uh, they uh, they say that one of the things they say is there are many stories about the Great Wall and many legends. This is one of the legends. Also, don't believe our statistics. Um, right. So uh, as as you probably learned or surmised if you've seen the the trailers, uh, Matt Damon plays William of Orange County, um, Scottish <laughs> guy. I don't know. And. Uh, <laughs> As as Blanche, Do we know where he's from. As Blanche, no, we're we're from some place where Laguna yeah. uh, Beach, kind of European. Yeah, exactly. So he's he's from yes. uh, he's where whatever part of Europe he's from, they've got great surfing. Um, as uh, Blanche pointed <laughs> out city. after the movie, Pedro Pascal uh, is playing a familiar archetype, very familiar, which is what. How would you describe it? What me archetype? What? Oh, you well, you you mentioned he's he's playing a part which which no no white action oh, hero can do without. Oh right, yes, thank you. The 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 uh, dark skinned uh, comic yeah. relief. Exactly, that could be and a little traitorous, <laughs> and a little bit traitorous because gosh, those darkies you can't count oh, on them for anything, cannot. can you? Can't oh, trust them. Show up on time. They never get their work done. And Jesus. oh yeah, he's loyal. And they'll rob you blind. <laughs> yes. He's so and then they'll knock you out. Yeah. Right. But in the end, it's okay. They'll hug because it out because he still will save you because he's brown. <laughs> <laughs> and it's what they do. <laughs> it's what they do. Apparently, browns and blacks save white. It's what they do. Exactly. They're they magic, do. and they do they do a good job of it. Um, and they do. Otherwise, they wouldn't have had this job. Since uh, I mean, basically, the brown guy who gets all the funny lines, but not the girl. That's like a, that's an element of adventure and fantasy stories that pretty much goes back to Don Quixote, which was like what sixteen hundred. Um, hell, maybe you know, it maybe for all I know, it goes back to Homer. I don't know, and I'm sure because <laughs> I mean, it's kind of hard to tell. Really, you think about it, because because the entire cast. Of the Iliad is Greek, so it would be sort of difficult to pick out. Well, the there are the darker guy. Greeks and the lighter well, Greeks. I was gonna say, you know, indeed, how, how indeed. do you pick out the swarthy guy there? The, and the, I, the yeah. ones who had it, with, you know, who made it with the Turks, you know, you right. know, that's true. You know. That's true. But I don't remember anybody. Never I don't knows. remember anybody getting any really good zingers off in the Odyssey. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, there was there was Yippee I K motherfucker, but that was said to Oedipus, <laughs> and it was really more of an observation. <laughs> Right. Yeah. It, yeah, it was more editorial and not really. Not, yeah, not really. It didn't drive the it wasn't, story. Wasn't it, yeah, it wasn't a catchphrase or anything. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So anyway, Matt and Pedro and a few other hairy barbarian <laughs> types. Hey, wait! There was there was a line that said, "What you got wax in your ears?" I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a siren joke. Good one. Yes. Nice. All right. Good one. I'm the old guy. This is becoming way. It's becoming way more literate than it has any right to be. Um, I know. I'm surprised at us. I, I really know. am. I am. Jeff's going to so come back. He's not going to be happy. Um, <laughs> How dare you spend so much time on the Iliad? <laughs> that's a whole show we in itself. We control the vertical. <laughs> because so, it's odd, you see. Oh. All right. Mo- moving on. 
So anyway, yeah, so Matt and Pedro and uh, some other guys with beards are riding through some actually very spectacular landscape, some some amazing scenery that you don't see in movies. You know, we've all seen Monument Valley a thousand times, but uh, China has some untapped resources so far as interesting desert-like backdrops. So um, they are fleeing some deliverance-style hill people. Um, (laughs) And I... They've apparently come to China uh, to steal the secret to gunpowder and to get cornholed by Mongolian hillbillies. And they they camp for the night because they're exhausted, but they still have a lot of exposition to deliver. It's like... They do. So anyway, these guys are complaining because they've lost so many men and uh, they want to turn back and there's a big fight and then confusing things happen and Pedro throws a magnetized rock at Matt and then they get attacked by something and and it falls off a cliff that I didn't know was there. Um, <laughs> and that was a surprise and then Matt chops its leg off or its arm off. Or I'm not really arm. sure. Arm. His okay. head, for sure, and an arm. Right. And I uh, guess you could call it a paw. Yeah. yeah. A claw. Yeah. Or a claw. It's more of a that. talon. Let's call it a talon. Let's. No? Why not? Uh, the next day, they they discover the title character. They they run into the Great Wall, and they are captured by China's elite box of crayons corps. <laughs> Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Beautiful. Costumes, really beautiful. Are the costumes I love amazing? Their colors. It was like it's it's when you see them, you go, yes, this is a fantasy. Yes. And and exactly. it's stunning, and it's beautiful. But you're still trying to figure out what the hell am I watching? Yeah, clearly. And as I said, that could only be made in China because we have to create crowd scenes with CGI. They just use their people. Yes, they actually have the people. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I have to say, uh, I, Blanche, Blanche is, it makes a good point because when when I saw that and they were all standing there um, in their in their vividly colored uh, armor, it was so silly, but it was so stunning that's like okay this is this is completely divorced from reality there this has nothing to do obviously with history we're going to go into a in a completely fantastical realm i'm fine with that i'll i'll go i this is really nice to look at um yeah yes scotty i want to say i agree with you 100 percent, and i think that they did it they were right to do that because it did like you i did that that mind switch like okay i think i'm going in to see an action movie and then you see that and you go boop no it's more like a fantasy i i'm i'm i've i switched my brain into lord of the rings like you know uh, all these other types of fantasy movies sci-fi whatever and well, yeah it could go anywhere from this point in time because obviously this isn't reality yeah how or can you not go in any time how can you not go with lord of the rings when when a lot of these uh th- this armor looked like the elfin armor from lord of the rings it did it did that's true it did yeah that's that's a very good point um so they run it there. They so they encounter uh, uh, the apparently for, for some reason all the commanding off all the senior officers are just standing there in front of the wall waiting for these reprobates to show up. I wasn't sure about that, but they're, they're uh, the troops are led by the general who's tough pretender, like Frank Perdue, uh, Commander Lin, China's prettiest and most gymnastic army officer, and strate- She's flexible. Don't hold it against her. No, I don't. Not at all. I'd like to, but I can't. Um, <laughs> uh, Mary, not like and, a hall pass. 
and uh, and finally, uh, strategist Wang, who is the world's smartest Wang. <laughs> I I've yet to meet him. <laughs> oh, uh, so <laughs> so the to catch up on our plot, uh, the Great Wall was, according to this movie, was built to keep uh, the out the Tao Te, uh, from uh, which are what kind of green lizard dog things with Art Deco trim? They're Zool. They're Zool Chinese from Ghostbusters. Things Zool. That, Chinese tremors. Yeah. That have uh, what's that? What's that? Uh, sir, that uh, uh, lizard that has the, the that no. makes the fan. No, oh, they are. Uh, yeah, well, the no, they're not. But some of them are. The some ones who are. protect the queen are. Like the 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 pawns, the 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 foot soldiers are Zool from Ghostbusters with eyes on their shoulders. Yes, yeah. but the the other ones are those those ones with the fan, the fan yeah, the, who uh, create the fans. But they also look, lizards with the fans. But they also fan look, dragons. Uh, oh, frill neck sure. lizards, frill neck lizards. I think they're called. Okay, yeah. and uh, they but they also look kind of like apes when they surrounded her and sort of rested on their knuckles. Right, they, they look kind of gorilla esque. So there, there are definite there are casts. There's you know there's the there's the worker bees and there's the drones. There's the soldier ants. There's the different. They all have different kind of designs, attributes. And yes. there's the harambees. Right. They're, they're 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 but let's be honest. That's the point. They're like the super soul. They're the super locusts because that's the, the point. They disappear. I mean, let, and the, that's the the, cre- the queen with her own satellite dish. Yes. Her transmission, her communication. Tower, yeah, right. exactly. Her, her, yeah, the, her quivering antennae. The, yes. the best part about those creatures is that they do create a hierarchy and a communication system, and they create something that's palatable to the viewer that, that we can understand that this is a something and that, that they have a way of being. Well, it expresses well, so the fact that they say that they've evolved. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, that's and how that's the evolu- way their the direction their evolution took that they created caste systems. Whether they're native or alien, they it works and it makes sense. And I kudos to the filmmakers to making it to having it make sense to us. Right, insect like they, uh, they, uh, they, yeah, they they do have, yes because they they're they insect-like. they uh, hibernate for sixty years and then they come out and attack and basically all their they're they're scavenging for food to feed the queen who will then. I guess lay eggs or somehow give birth to the next generation, um, but yeah, they they are kind of insect like in in their behavior. Um, They're like sixty year locusts. Sixty year locusts, exactly. Uh, the Taute apparently are 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 based very loosely on an actual Chinese myth that dates back to like the third century BCE, um, and they seem to be in Chinese culture. They seem to be a embodiment of the wages of sin they're like a warning to people who covet power or they're an allegorical representation of greed or gluttony or something like that but but let's talk about what people are wondering like why is matt damon and uh pedro pascal there why are they there and why should we care and because i i I think because most of us saw (laughs) yes yeah well yeah that's the long-term view but why why should we uh, those of us we're all here all of us here because jeff is not here we are all californians and we know that in our realm people are saying what what is this this white man and this chilean man doing in china and why should we care and why are they the heroes of this 
So let's, can we, maybe we should talk about that to say why, why the story matters, even if it's in business terms, because we all know it's all about the money. True. Yeah. Uh, okay. No, Go ahead. Okay. What? Why do you? Why? What's your? Aside from aside from the obvious uh, marketing angle, why do you think they're? Why are they in the story? What is their function in the story? Great white male character. Exactly. Who, he's the, who pushes the. He's the great white male who carries the picture through most of Western Europe and the Americas. And also China. He, apparently, he's big in Asia. Apparently, he's a big he's a big star overseas. Well, the, you you will note that right away uh, after the first at the first attack, the the Chinese are being slaughtered by these creatures until Matt Damon ste- steps in and kills one or two. Right. right. No. Right. I mean, they set up that these creatures. No, they were smart. The movie makers were smart to set up this story as per like through. I'll start again through uh, Matt Damon's encampment's point of view, right? Mm-hmm. To say that they encountered something that they'd never seen before. Oh my gosh, what the hell is this? Slaughtered their whole encampment. Oh, spoiler alert! Uh, their whole encampment, and and then and he was able to destroy one of destroy it. It wasn't one of them. It was the only one that apparently it was a scout that was destroying them. And then when they when he makes it up the hill to the Great Wall, and they discover that this lone man was the one who killed this creature, they were intrigued. Right. So they did a really good job of that. I've explained so why the Chinese just it didn't just yeah. kill them as bandits. Yes. yes. So I have to say that they did a good job of that. I give them credit for that. And 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 then everything else happened. So go ahead from there. Well, from there, the... the <laughs> <laughs> the Matt Damon and Pedro Pascal are there to be the eyes, you know, to be the, or the POV character for the audience because they don't they're the ones that have to have everything explained to them. So they're they're the ones who, who receive the receive the brunt of the uh, exposition. But after yes. after the, after That's he true. shows up, they're they're tied up. The the monsters are attacking. And basically, there's 10 minutes of Matt Damon and Pedro Pascal just looking agog at at the Chinese fighting so yes they don't and really the do skill, anything they, they just they, look amazed. no um, yes they're, but, because they're looking amazed because it's still exposition because we also are supposed to be amazed and I at was, the skill exactly. and precision of their uh all these years of work that they've been doing to attack these creatures well as john, as john to defend said, against as john said who, who knew that the chinese invented bungee jumping Exactly. I thought the same thing. Like, but, what? Bungie? What? But, I mean, they, they did, I mean, they had, they have this all-female crane corps. And I go, oh, of course, they have to get the, they have to get the girl soldiers in. And they actually come up with a decent uh, excuse for it. It's like, well, you know, that you you can't, you have to be under a certain weight in order yes. for this to work. But when they leaping off the walls and it, the, the whole sequence, even though it's, you know, the, the, it's, they keep cutting back to Matt Damon and Pedro Pascal, and they're just like staring like, in amazement. Um, it's it's a it is a pretty amazing sequence. Um, and and, yeah. and, and the and the fact you know I mentioned this before that that uh, yeah you gave you got the impression that they would leap off, do their thing, and be bungeed back again very gracefully back onto their pedestals to get another spear and go back down again. When in reality you didn't. I, I was impressed the fact that I didn't sit there going, 
wait a minute, they'd be being dragged back up again by that rope, yeah. and they'd just be hanging there until they got to the top, and it would have been very unceremonious. Yes. But you you look past that because it was it was fun to watch, and also because they weren't because when they got a hold of, they were dragged down and they were demolished and eaten and destroyed. Yeah, they're, they're, they they, <laughs> they did kind of vicious. Yeah, they, that's the good thing about having a cast of thousands. You can kill hundreds. Right. So there 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 were there were stakes there there were high stakes here. Um, you know, it's funny because we talked about this that that with CGI. One problem I have with movies now is that you go in knowing that literally they can do anything. There is nothing they cannot show. It's like in the old days, it's like, well, you can't build that with a model or you you can't show that with a miniature um, or that stunt is impossible. And now you can just do anything. And even though everything that was, uh, you know, the, the ladies leaping off with the spears and a lot of the work with the the. Uh, the archery it was all physically impossible it was all so interesting to watch that that i was completely happy to suspend my disbelief so i the fact that it was showing me impossible things which i've gotten tired of it's because i i'm i've seen the same impossible things you know people jumping off bridges car um car stunts things like that this was all these are all things i'd never seen or imagined so i was perfectly happy thank to, you scott I- Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. No, your, no, I was going to say, did, did you guys feel the same way? Yeah, I'm. I'm saying thank you for saying that because it, there were a lot of impossible things in this movie. There really were, and things where you go, oh come on, oh no, no, with the, especially with the bungee thing. Like even though you know it wasn't bungee because it was real rope because it was actually men, like supposedly it wasn't really bungee. It was rope. Yeah. They were and cranking them back up again. They were cranking yeah. them up back and back and forth to fight these demons. But you go, that doesn't work all that well. No, no, no. And like, but the suspension of disbelief, it was so well done. Mm-hmm. Like, there were a million flaws in this movie. Really, there were. Yes. There and really I, were. And I can nitpick this, this movie to death. I really and, can. But it was so fun to watch. And I and told it, Blanche that night yes. that, you know... From commercials, we know that Asians have eyes that can pick out the different shades of a of a pearl. Yet what? they're hearing. What are you talking yet they're hear, about? Yet oh. their hearing is for shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, in this movie we hear. <laughs> they couldn't hear for shit. <laughs> they're listening with these big okay. tubes and did not Spoiler hear this alert. thing that attacked them. <laughs> I forgot about that stupid you're, you're commercial. Not gonna jump about that. Yeah, I remember that commercial? That. Yeah, I forgot about that. That was the stupid. Oh, that was. Good grief! That was too, you, but, well, tell tell people because I'm sure mo- nobody else remembers it. I don't. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, this there was there was something. Uh, the commercial said Asians have eyes that are so so precise to color that they can pick out the different colors, different shades of a pearl. And then I, and I think it was an eye drop commercial of some sort or whatever, you know. But uh, but I remember them saying that. Like, that, they can, that, they yeah, pick up. that was the most racist commercial, uh, comp- and and wow. the other the other one was um, uh, Nancy Kwan for uh, it's like Oriental Michelle Pearl. Kwan? Or, no, it was Nancy Kwan for Oriental oh. Pearl Cream. You know how you can never tell the age of an Asian woman? Yes, that's right, exactly. I think she said Oriental. Uh, that's always like this, or like nineteen eighty or something. Because this oh. this cream made from crushed pearls. That's our secret. Um, Okay, anyway, yes, this movie is very nitpickable. There are Yeah, it's so nitpickable. There are lots of flaws. If you stop for a second. But it's fun to watch. If you're a pessimist, yes. You know, but if... we are, generally speaking, we are. 
Like when we went out afterwards, we were picking it apart, we but we still people. all thoroughly we enjoyed en- it. Enjoyed it during. That's yes. exactly right. So fun. Yeah. It was like, yeah, that, and then that, and then, oh yeah, why, why was he washing dishes in full armor? And who <laughs> <laughs> cares? We don't care. It was fun because he had to be ready for the next scene where he was fighting. You know, it was like we, we filled the suspension of disbelief so high. Yeah. Spoiler alert! Seriously, but you're well. Listen, our me. our reviews of current shows are always spoilers. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. And so, like, you've got to be ready to just go with it because this this movie, as as nitpickable as it is, it was just a lot of fun. And uh, and like, God help me, I thank God I'm so busy because I really have a huge urge to find. <laughs> Pedro Pascal, Matt Damon fan fiction because that shit is oh, going to be there. all over the place. Oh, yeah. You're not I want to say. You wouldn't have to hunt long for that. Yeah, it, I'm sure it exists already, but it, it's got to be there because Pedro Pascal. Rapidly becoming one of our favorite actors. He is. He is. You've got to watch Narcos. Do you watch Narcos? If you don't, Netflix, Narcos. He is amazing. Hello, mm-hmm. do you watch Game of Thrones? You've seen him already. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, the mentalist. You've seen him already. Anyway, go ahead. Mary, here you can say. Yeah, I just want to say um, this movie to me was very much like um, Independence Day. In what way? And that it was just fun. Hmm. Fun, yeah. It was just don't think a lot about it. Just go with it. That's true. If you yeah, at any point in Independence Day, if you stop for even a moment. (laughs) And think about it's what you're true. watching. The you, first yeah, independent. You could nitpick that one to yes. oblivion. You could just enjoy it. Just have fun. You're like, just why is she? Why is she dancing in that nightclub at 9 a.m.? Who when cares? Aliens are attacking. I don't Who care. Who cares? Exactly. That's true. But that that right. that is that just made me think that why are we watching the world's worst stripper? Because she's got the <laughs> shittiest shift there is. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's there. She you're not going to get good. She's gonna... really no. no she's if you're there, if you're there at nine a.m. No, you're right. Like, you're yeah, right. Like, well, if you're at nine a.m., you you just didn't leave from last night. What, right. So <laughs> so you're out of dollar bills. Is what I'm saying. Anyway. So all right. Before before we go off on that tangent. Getting back to the movie, <laughs> I also like the fact that they pointed out that uh, at different periods of of time, uh, China was ruled by a child. Yes. Oh. Yes, it was yeah. the uh, the song. It was the it took, takes place during the Song Dynasty, and uh, that actually is the totally a teen. It's a well, it's a specific emperor, and I can't remember what I I should have written this down, but it's an emperor who was the longest uh, reigning. He uh, he was on the throne for I think forty one years. Um, so wow. and he, he's yeah. So that's why he's so young. And it was thanks to Matt Damon that he was. Yes, he would have been. Uh, he yes, he would have been regurgitated into the queen's mouth. Otherwise, exactly, mm-hmm. he would have been barfed up like bird food. That's so the point is, it's not all believable, but it's a fun movie. So just watch it. Just watch exactly. it. If, if just you don't, right? We're we. It's not going to win any awards no. except like effects or something no. like that. No, maybe. If you like fun, yeah, fun. <laughs> if you're in the mood for a, if fun you're one movie. of those weirdos. Then yeah, you will what enjoy the it. hell is that? Oh, here's one last here's one last thing before we go to the uh, fascinating, irritating part. Uh, the first attack of the Tao Te, uh, when they swarm up the walls, 
I thought, I've seen this before. Where have I seen this? Then I, I thought, oh, this is these were the assault tactics used by the zombies in World War Z. In, in World War Z, exactly. Yes, which and then when I read up on it, when I when the credits came up at the end, I realized why because the the movie's based on a story by Max Brooks, who was the author of World War Z. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, it's wow. a good monster movie. It's really. a good, that's, it's a that's good what it is. It's a monster, monster movie. movie. It's a monster mm-hmm. movie. That's exactly what it is. And monster movies are few and far between now. This is a good this is and no monster movie is gonna win an Oscar and most monster movies are dumb, but they, but if they're dumb fun, then Dumb Fun. Hop on. Mm-hmm. Hop on. Hallelujah. Okay. So let's do our uh fascinating thing, irritating thing about the movie. And we'll start with Mary. Fascinating. Um, it reminded me a lot of Tremors. Okay. Irritating? Nothing. I didn't. I wasn't irritated by it. Okay. Fair enough. I liked right. it. Okay. Uh, for me, uh, what struck me is the dissonance between the subject and the scale of the movie. It's. I mean, it, like you just said, it's basically a creature feature. People in mm-hmm. an isolated location, besieged by monsters. You know, Piranha, mm-hmm. Kingdom of the Spiders, Night of the Lepus, etc. Yet it's shot like it's some cast of thousands epic from the 60s where they, you know, they build castles and rent the Spanish army. You know, the, the plot of the thing is, is like it's like the movies the sci-fi channel used to specialize in, but it's shot like it thinks it's El Cid. Yeah, but here's the thing. You were absolutely right. You were absolutely right. But the if the sci-fi movie would be using a green screen, green oh fuck, green screen, I'm yeah, wrong. green yeah. screen. <laughs> but that they were using a real army, and this was using a real army. You know what I mean? There, there was all those people were there. So you're right, and you're right. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> irritating thing. Um, very, very lame solution to the monster problem. Kill the queen and all the hundreds of thousands of soldier beasts just fall down. It's, I mean, I understand because they, they made them out to seem they're so hard to kill. And there were so many of them. They were so outnumbered. There was no way they could go hand to hand. It was kind of the same thing they did in Phantom Menace with, with the robots. I, I get why they did it, but it just seems so cheap and convenient. But more than that, rather than feeling triumphant that our heroes had won, all I could think about was that if the emperor doesn't get some street sweepers with some wheelbarrows out there quick, the Forbidden City is going to start to stink like the Fulton Fish Market. Because there were a lot of monsters laying out there in the courtyard. Starting to a lot bloat. of cadavers. Yeah. Starting to bloat in the sun. Um, but that was just... So, so, the, so the ending... The most irritating thing for me was I had so much fun with the movie, and then it ended and it was sort of like, well, yeah, okay. That's fine. Whatever. Uh, John? In... Sort of in the same vein. The, the fascinating thing to me was that uh, our mass humanity scenes are CGI uh, and they build sets. There, the the CGI was the wall mm-hmm. and the mass humanity was humanity. Was <laughs> We're nice. people. Yeah, which was nice. Uh, and th- the thing that was irritating for me is like, not irritating, it's just annoying to me. Uh, and it wasn't the most. It was just that... They succumb to the cliche, she's up on the parapet and he's down on the ground on his horse and they just look at each other fondly before parting off into the sunset. I go, really? You gotta go there, right? Okay. 
that's such a cliche. So, and also, it also makes it. you also makes you wonder what what pressures there were to prevent uh, a romance. I mean, he could have stayed. He could have become part of this army. He could have trained people in archery. I mean, he had skills that were proven valuable. Was there some pressure? That, oh, we can't have the white guy and the Asian lady because the Asians won't like it. Mm-hmm. The white people won't like it. I just wondered whether it was just okay. Uh, thanks, thanks for your help. Please leave, or whether it yeah. was. And I was well, impressed that, that she walked all the way out there on that long wall just to watch him leave. Yeah, it's like five thousand. <laughs> so, so. Like you, like you guys said, I wondered if if there was some sort of barrier for the generals to have that relationship. Ah, that's true because she mm-hmm. was promoted. She she did she did uh, she was promoted to command of the the army, so it could have been. It's mm-hmm. yeah. It seemed like she was more into it until she was promoted. Right. Maybe I don't know. Mm. Who knows. I did like her performance. It's like sometimes you get very, and, and this is, I, I'm sure this is, well, it's not true because you, you don't get American actors who go to Asia. I mean, they, they don't try to speak the language. They just get dubbed. Uh, you'll get you'll get Asian actors here who will speak English and sometimes it's it's a bit of a slog if their accent is heavy. She she was quite uh, intelligible. Mm-hmm. I kind of, and she, and, she, and she carried it off. So. She did carry yeah. it off. She did carry it off. Uh, I think Matt Damon looked uh, uncomfortable in certain scenes. Um, yeah, he did. <laughs> maybe, maybe he should go to the bathroom before the scene starts. Maybe he's just, <laughs> exactly. just a new rule. Maybe he should get new looser rule. pants. I don't know. Okay. Think of how uncomfortable he would have been if he had been in Manchester by the sea. <gasps> oh, no. Thank goodness it was Casey Affleck. Yeah, oh. thank goodness. Did thank guys, goodness. Did you guys like that? He, I didn't see it. John saw it. <laughs> I saw it. What'd you the think? joke was but, yeah. that Mac Damon had said that he was given that role. Oh, really? But he was too busy, so because yeah, he was doing this. How do you like them apples? I'm too busy. <laughs> I I'm too busy for an Oscar. I'm cashing big checks in China. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want good. money, not respect. Hey, I can't argue with that. I would I would make that Faustian deal in a second Me if anyone too. offered it. So yeah. <laughs> Who are we to judge? No so much. Okay. Well, thank you very much to Blanche, John, and Mary for joining us for this uh, new movie crew disquisition on The Great Wall. We will be back in two weeks, and uh, I have every reason to believe that uh, Jeff will have been found and rehabilitated by them. Come back, Jeff, please. Uh, Come back. Jeff. Get better soon. (laughs) Or whatever's ailing you. Send Lassie for Jeff. There you go. <laughs> she she always finds him. Jeff's collie. Exactly. At the bottom of the at the bottom of the well. At the bottom of the well. Uh, the next movie, if you want to watch it and uh, follow along, and I really don't know why you would, is yeah, the why? what the hell recent Jean Claude Van Damme film. Uh, recent Pound, Pound of Fle- yes Pound of Flesh. Pound it, baby. In which, Pound uh, it. His kidneys have been stolen, and he's out for justice, out for vengeance, and out for kidneys. I might be too. Both of them, like really both. You mean before he gets before he gets jaundiced? What I don't know. I I haven't finished the whole thing. Um, It's it's either either it's jaundice is either set in at this point or he had some really terrible spray tan accident. (laughs) He picked the wrong shade. Anyway, uh, thank you very much for joining us. We'll see you again in two weeks, and until later, later.